You don't have to make sure your laundry's done all the time. You don't have to make sure the dishes are done all the time. Your house doesn't have to be in perfect shape. Um, it's it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> yeah. It is. It doesn't make you less than. It no. doesn't make you a bad mom. No. And not everyone has that, I would call it a luxury in some ways, to worry about all those superficial things when you're just trying to survive. Welcome back, welcome back to another episode of Till the Wheels Fall Off. I am Matt. I'm Paige. And we are all navigating the frozen tundra of the United States right now. Yes. If you're, uh, if we you're got in, snow. If you're in the southern hemisphere, I envy you. But then again, if I say that, I'm a malcontent. So when it's warm, I'm going to complain. And when it's cold, I'm going to complain. Facts. But heat is actually better than cold. Mm-hmm. It's rough outside. <laughs> we got snow. It was, oh my it hurts God. my face yeah, just walking outside. Yeah, everything hurts. Nine yeah. degrees hurts. Mm-hmm. It's, it's awful. And we don't have the proper equipment or, you know, clothes to wear to go outside we and feel comfortable. Might be able to help you though. So we've got new merch up on our shop and these are great. Paige, you're not, oh, you're rocking one of the original samples. Yes. Okay, you don't have one. So we've got uh-huh. sweatshirts. We've got... Two like collegiate print ones. We got them in black and this really cool light yellow. And we've also got a blue one with an awesome embroidered till the wheels fall off on the collar. These are awesome. Their greatness are available on the shop for a limited time. Small run. Won't be too many of these around much longer. So get them while you can. Mm-hmm. And while we're at that. Sorry. Let me dump the stuff on the floor real quick. <laughs> Super loud in here. Oh, and forgive us if you can hear some random humming in the background. That would be our space heater. Our I'm going to get hot. Our house right now is a labyrinth of space heaters. It, it is. is. Matt ended up ordering like six extra space heaters randomly one day. Well, we got frozen out a couple of years ago and realized, okay, it's a necessity because they don't build stuff down here to withstand this kind of temp. Yeah, and our house is really drafty. Oh, it's crazy. Yeah. Like, you can put your hand up against some of the outlets and feel air. Yeah, but I kind of made fun of you when you bought all those things because I'm like, are you freaking kidding me right now? Is this real life? Because this is addict in a nutshell. Like you go balls to the wall. I am pragmatic. I was solving you, a problem. Everything, but you go balls to the wall. Like you go ham. Like you can't just order, you know, let's just get two freaking space heaters. It was more like six. And But I am not complaining now because okay. the Thank house... You is warmer than it was last time. Yeah. And I'm really grateful for that. So thank you, dear. You're welcome. It comes in handy sometimes, doesn't it? And he looks super handsome this evening. Oh yeah, I had to get a I got a jacket on. It's cold and flannel. No, I know, but and pants Yeah, and but you're boots. like cowboyish. I haven't seen those these jeans are like over 10 years old. Oh, at least. This is like, oh man, maybe and college. You're wearing boots? Yeah, keep your feet warm. I got oh, big old thick socks. I'm too. wearing Iceland boots. Yeah, Paige has snow boots. I got on. snow boots on, <laughs> and I'm wearing. I'm like, if y'all can see me, I didn't put any makeup on today. I have not brushed my hair, and I'm wearing a beanie, and I am like so cozy because we've been stuck inside today, and I'm just like, eh, screw it. This is what happens when it gets cold. We sort of go to like caveman mode around here. Yeah, why just, not? Just like get by. Yeah. But I'm proud of myself. I didn't even like make some crazy comfort food. I made healthy comfort food. You made a food. healthy dinner. It was good. Still here on the self-care kick? Yes. Yeah. It, yeah. It was yeah, great. because like back in the day, let's talk about some snow days just real quick. Like back in the day, you used to go hard on snow days. Like drugs. Me? Yes. Oh my God. Snow days were like. You were so pumped about snow days. Like, yeah. I, re- I remember some 
heavy snow days that you probably don't even remember. I bet they were blacked out for you. I'm thinking. Back in college, there was a time, and I remember like y'all went, we had friends over, and you and your friends like went hard. Is that when we built like the 12 foot snowman? Yeah, I believe so. We woke up and started drinking. Yes. That day. Oh, yeah. And there was, there were drugs involved as oh, well. It, was a, it wasn't just alcohol. It was a party. But anyway, so, and my like brain thinks that when snow days happen, I have to eat comfort food and like not do anything and just sit on butt. But I don't do that anymore because my brain's been rewired. And I know if I go down that route, I'll keep going down that route. Yep. And then I'll get inconsistent and then I'll go down a really bad trail of eating bad food. So today I was like, I don't, I don't need that. I went and I stayed on plan. You did the thing today. I did the thing today. I'm proud of you. Thank you. It's hard when it's cold like this. It's it rough. is. But it you've, is. you've been on the self-care kick lately and you've been awesome in the community. Being, Did you post today? I did not post. I posted something different, but I didn't do myself. self Oh, that's post. right. You did. Okay. But I will after this because I think that it's important. And you're gonna. she's going to keep doing this. Yes. To inspire others, to hold themselves accountable and to show others what you're doing because when other people see it, this is the good kind of FOMO. This is what we want. Yeah. Hey, they're taking care of themselves. Yes. It's not a brag or a flex. It's just no, like, hey, no. I thought it about myself so today. It is so important to do that. And speaking of self-care, we mentioned this at the end of our podcast last time. Yeah. We have extracted the self-care potion or potion portion <laughs> of our course. And it is available as a standalone course through mid-February. I think we're going to do this through Valentine's. Yeah. Kind of talked about roughly. Yes. It is available uh on independently strong if you go to the website go to courses mm -hmm. it's available as a mini course for fifty dollars or twofo.com yeah or twofo.com either one either of those one. Yeah. and the, the big course is still out there and it it is robust we've mentioned that before when i say robust what i mean is it's, it's almost like a college class like the amount of mm -hmm. information that's in there mm -hmm. it's not something you're going to sit down and get through in a night no it is <laughs> comprehensive it covers so much stuff it'll get you thinking and if it's you're great. doing the exercises as intended it will take a considerable amount of time to finish mm -hmm. and the course is still up there still helping plenty of people and so what i was going to say some of the first people are getting through with it now yeah and the feedback is incredible yeah it's just amazing yeah it's exciting it's so great to watch this thing like actually at work and people getting help mm -hmm. it's it's amazing we'll have some reviews um posted up here soon so you can kind of get a feel for what others are experiencing as they're going through the course yep so nothing like there like this out there no there's really not like and we've had so many people tell us that like yeah. i've I've Googled for thousands of hours and didn't couldn't come across anything until I found this. And it's like, this is exactly what I was looking for. Yeah. So proud of that. All right. What's our topic about today? We haven't even discussed that. No, we haven't. Okay. Welcome. <laughs> uh, we talked about self-care last time, gentle self-care. Um, and it's no secret that most of our listeners are women. We do have some, some men that listen. There's some awesome men listeners we've mm -hmm. got, but most of our listeners are women and most of those are mothers. Yes. Something that's not discussed a lot. We've talked about it. I think we've alluded to it many times and stories have come up, but being a single parent in all this. Yeah. Feeling like a single, feeling parent, like I a single say, parent is yeah. tough. So this one's for the moms. Yes. And this is for people who are in, um, who are married to somebody who's in active addiction or even early recovery because it feels a lot the same. Yeah. And we will have some, some inspiration. If you are in a relationship with someone who's in recovery, established recovery, we'll have some stories to share about what a, what would you call it? A working relationship we have now. <laughs> With our, with our our parenting's balance. That's a. You think yeah. it's like a balanced, like a, a balanced yeah, a balanced relationship parenting relationship when it comes to responsibilities and everything. Else. Oh yeah, yeah. So we'll, we'll get into some of that. As it well. was not always like that. No, it was not. 
It was not. No. And so we, we, we've been sitting, sitting around talking about this for really a long time. But when we started to conceptualize this episode, um, we really started to talk about what mothers are up against on any given day mm-hmm. and how tough, tough it is even with a partner around, someone who's not under the influence of substances on a regular basis Mm -hmm. and how tough it is. It's just, it's so freaking hard. And I don't think it can be said enough. Like I know it's said often and it's strange for me, a male to be sitting here talking about this because I'm, I'm not a woman. I obviously have never been in your shoes. I don't know what it feels like to be in your shoes, but I can read the experiences of other women and talking to them and reading their stories. Um, it's, it's really opened my eyes to, I mean, just so much of what I put you through without realizing it and so much of what you experienced and it's, it it hurts going back to that place, but I Mm -hmm. think it's a good thing when I look back and it does hurt, helps me realize the, I guess what, what I stand to lose at any given day, Mm -hmm. if I were to make it, you know, a wrong turn. Um, it also helps me really empathize with the women that, that, that listen and, and are going through this and what you guys are up against. So I don't want to spend too much time talking. This is really, this is your episode. No, you say that every time. Why can't we just have a conversation? Well, because you're talking about <laughs> being a mother. I think, so. okay. Yeah. But I think that you have recently taken on a lot more responsibilities and have been able to understand the mental load that we carry. Mental load is it? Yeah. And the emotional labor that we carry. That is a great, I segue, have, actually. I have given you a lot of responsibilities. Like I have taken things off of my plate. I didn't delegate it to you. I just didn't do things. And I think that I allowed you to step up and do it yourself. Like kids stuff with the schools. You've stepped up with school stuff. And you've actually like taken, you went on a field trip with one of our kids. Like, yeah, that was you, fun. You wouldn't have done that. Like you knew the names of the teachers. You knew, you look at the emails from the teachers. Like you've actually been involved when it wasn't always like that. I'm the math tutor around here. Yes, you are. And, well, the, and the social studies tutor. Yes, but our kids don't like me teaching them. We've already been through this. Because you homeschooled because them. Because I homeschooled them and I traumatized them, them because it was awful. <laughs> <laughs> but we still have open conversations about it and we're handling it. Um, but no, you've actually stepped up and so you've been able to see and feel what it's like a little bit. Not just from seeing you know the wheelies and the people that we work with and their stories. Like You're actually experiencing it. And I'm seeing it for like... I'm seeing you struggle a little bit with it too. You're getting frustrated when, when kids ask you for things or you're getting frustrated when there's so much on your plate and you're like, just don't help me. Don't help me. You know, because you've got a lot going on and you're experiencing what we experience to a lesser degree though, because I'm still not a mother. And that's true. There's a pressure to be a mom. There's a pressure to be a mom. You're absolutely right. So we're supposed to be superheroes. A lot of what I gather and understand comes from the writings of women who've been through this before. Mm -hmm. And we've talked about this book before. Um, It is called, it's not about the wine written by Celeste Yvonne. Now Celeste is a recovering alcoholic. Um, She, she considered herself like a gray area drinker. And this is a really, I love that term too, because I think a lot of people fall into this category. Agreed. Where you're not like a, you're not a morbid alcoholic that wakes up and drinks and all day long every day. And it's, it's really obvious to everyone around you, but you're also not one of those people that can take it or leave it. Like mm-hmm. you're sort of what some would call like a heavy drinker, mm-hmm. but it's this gray area where you're functioning and your life hasn't quite crumbled around you yet. Mm-hmm. 
and she she would consider herself one of those. And so she wrote this book about she, it's it's called it's not about the wine, and it alludes to the reason that mothers fall into this trap. Like we've all seen mommy wine culture, like all the the memes and the jokes and how alcoholism is kind of glamorized. Yes. And I, I personally know a lot of women alcoholics in recovery that started out this way. Yeah. Like in, in the rooms in recovery, I don't know if, I think I've met one woman who was a beer drinker mm-hmm. and the rest were wine drinkers. Yeah. Wine has become just an acceptable way of dealing they with. They tell you to cope with. The st- stress as a parenting. Yeah. And Yvonne is an incredible writer. Mm-hmm. I, I loved her book. So I approached her book from, from a person in recovery. So her and I connect a lot on just being a person in recovery and, and not really dealing with those feelings that you have, but she, she relates a lot of it to being a mother and you, you can't read this book and not fall in love with her and her story and just her yeah. writing in general. But I fell in love with this. She's got this chapter called the mental load we carry. And so I'd like to read this blog. Okay. So she's, and also she's, she has a Substack. um, a sub stack, sub stack's like this new app I found. I was, and I was about to ask you, you what that you was. You subscribe to, to authors and, mm-hmm. um, you get like newsletters. You can get like, um, she actually reads the articles herself and it's really cool. Like you hear the kids playing in the background and stuff. Like it's just very raw real. and unfiltered yeah. and real. Yeah. I, I love it. But, um, check it out. If you haven't check out the book, even if you're not in recovery, it's going mm-hmm. to open your eyes. Yes, absolutely. I think she does a really good job of making this presentable to everyone. Like mm-hmm. you're not going to read this and be like, Oh, I don't belong. Like you would, you will relate. Mm-hmm. You will relate. But anyway, um, a blog post from May 30th of 2020. So this is, this is in the middle, like the beginning yeah. of COVID. Like this is when COVID was really bad. Yeah. Remember that? Yep. Okay. So I'll do my best not to get tongue twisted here. So May 30th, 2020, you're in charge of dinner. I told my mom last night, I was just so tired. I recently started a new job and the learning curve was exhausting. All that topped with listening to my kids screaming downstairs all day while I worked in my bedroom left me mentally drained in a way that I never felt pre-COVID. Okay, my mom responded. Should I give the kids mac and cheese, fish sticks? Do both the kids like fish sticks? I pretended not to hear her as I walked upstairs. By delegating dinner to her, her question was exactly what I wanted to break from. It wasn't just the actual cooking and setting the table, finding out which kid wants milk and which wants water, then the power struggle of how much they each needed to eat to warrant dessert, followed by cleanup. It's the mental load of making decisions, of running the household, of being in charge of everything. Where's my green dinosaur? Are the dishes in the dishwasher dirty? Do we have any paper towels? When is the last time the bed sheets were cleaned? Do the kids have their dentist appointments scheduled? Doctor, when does soccer season start and will it conflict with play therapy? This is the mental load of motherhood. I am in charge of all of it. I store it all in my head and yes, I have the answers to all of it. But sometimes I wish I didn't. Sometimes I wish I could pass the buck. Check the dishwasher yourself. Where did you last see your dinosaur? Did you check the garage for more toilet paper? But for the most part, the reason the weight of the mental load is so heavy is because I do know. I do know where you left your dino. I do know the dishes in the dishwasher are clean and probably still hot, so be careful when touching them. I know it's been more than a week since the bed sheets were cleaned, and yes, I know when every appointment is scheduled and where we are on the IEP. And the paradox of it all, I want to know. I want to be in charge 95% of the time. 
I wouldn't have it any other way. It must be the controller in me. But it's that last 5% that gets me every time. It's the part that makes me snap and yell, often passively aggressively ask, have you looked? Or ignore the questions and walk away. Because that 5% just wants to mute all the noise. Tune out everything else and focus on me. Me. Not as a mom, a wife, an employee. Just me as a person. Because sometimes she gets so lost in the chaos, I'm not ever sure she's still here. I should mention my mom took the hint. She figured dinner out and gave me time to sit with myself alone and undisturbed. When I did come back down, I felt refreshed and ready to resume my duties. I asked my mom how much the kids ate and where the kids were on the dessert trajectory. I was back. My 5% was filled. I was ready to mom again. As moms, we don't always get this time. Sometimes we don't get any break, as single moms know all too well. But maybe by explaining to our partners and family that we need to fill our 5%, maybe they can better understand. Last night wasn't just about cooking dinner for the family. It was about making the decisions around it too. Those decisions can be heavy. The mental load is something we all carry as mothers. It is heavy. Yes, moms have superpowers. We can carry heavy. We do it all the time. But as humans, we eventually need to put it down. I freaking love that. Mm -hmm. I love that. And reading that, I... You know what I love about Tufo and about reading things like this? I feel like I'm a part of a club I'm not supposed to be in. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know what I yes, mean? Yes, yes. Like, you, there's people like you are not picking this book up to read. They're but it's not. but it's here for everyone. I know that, and I think that more men need to be reading. I this agree stuff. with that too, a hundred percent. And I'm not saying that to like display. Oh, look how look how woke I am to women's needs. No, like this is just real no, stuff. This is real stuff, and they need to hear it. Yeah, it's it's absolutely incredible. And and honestly, like I want to thank any any of our listeners, anyone in the community for allowing me to be in there. Like even though it's it's our group, mm-hmm. I feel privileged to be part of a community with so many women that are open and sharing, knowing that I'm in there mm-hmm. being a male. I think it's awesome. So I do appreciate it. It That's doesn't sweet. go un, doesn't go unnoticed. But anyway, this this uh, and she she goes on in the chapter and talks about a lot of the issues that mothers have and how a a mother can can pop online and talk about how she's struggling and say that she just needs to rant and oftentimes they're met with this toxic positivity Mm -hmm. like just focus on the positive Mm -hmm. oh they're only young once and all this stuff and it's just very dismissive of their feelings yeah yeah so like talk about that because i know that you went through some of this too like you were boss babe at one point yes i was and that was a pretty I was big part movement, of the like toxic the positivity movement. Yeah. <laughs> and I thought it was going to be helpful for me, but it, it, it wasn't. It actually pushed a lot of things aside and made me become more in denial. And I wasn't validated for my feelings at all. And it's like, oh, I'm supposed to be strong all the time. I'm supposed to hold everything together. Everything is supposed to be perfect because it's all on me. And it's like, that's, that's not real life. And that's not acceptable. And that's not okay. Like I'm struggling here. Somebody needs to help me. Please help me. Right. Where's that? There's this one part where she was talking about where people say, I need help. Oh, you're super mom. I can't believe I don't, I see how you, how can you do all of it? Yeah. No, I'm drowning here. Oh, you're doing such a great job. Why don't you just focus on the positive? Like all this stuff. And I'm just like, is yeah. anybody listening? Is Everyone's anybody like, hearing oh, I don't me? I know how you do all this. And right. moms are like, we're I, not. We're Help not. Us. We're oh not. my God, you're amazing right. though. Right, right. Yeah. yeah it's, it's like, 
no, I, I need help. I'm struggling. I'm putting my words out there. I'm putting my feelings out there because I'm asking for help, but nobody is listening because they're saying, focus on the positive. Everything's okay on this end. Why don't you just be grateful for this? And it's like, no, I'm struggling. Right. <laughs> and that's where our group is different. You know, like I really opened it up for that very reason. Yeah. It exists in a, in a, a way to let people do that yes. with no judgment. Yes. Like just I, to say, I'm struggling today. I'm drowning today. Right. Really not even asking for and, advice and most give, of the time. And, and if they want advice, they want practical advice. And it's not like, oh, just shove everything under the rug. Everything will be fine. Right. Because that's just going to keep you stuck in denial for a lot longer than you need to be. Right. Yeah. And so sh- she approaches this from the the mommy wine culture stuff. And which is like, it's, it's crazy because what she says is that when you're a mom and you're struggling, you're essentially either offered alcohol or you're offered toxic positivity. Like very rarely are people ready to actually help mm-hmm. like, offer you like substantive help. Yes. Like, here's what I'm willing to do. Like mm-hmm. I'll take the kids. Here, do you, need, do feet, you need me to, you know, buy you hours, dinner? Do, do I something. need to send you a meal? You know, do you need a, a, a meal train or whatever it is for right. a couple of days? Like, it's okay to ask for this help, but they're like, no, have some wine instead. I'm like, uh, that's not going to help me. Yeah. How about a little bit of help? That yeah. would be nice. Yeah. So anyway, I think that her book is more about it's it's not about the wine alludes to the fact that there's a lot more deeper societal issues around motherhood yes that lead a lot of women into this gray area of drinking or even just alcoholism like like the morbid type where people oh are yeah i was i i would say i was somewhat of a gray area drinker back in the day you know with the kids like during covid too yeah because i did cope with alcohol and i've been very open and honest about that um, because a part of it was also on social media, you know, where it's like, oh, we're just, we just got to drink to get through this. And, and I sucked, I, I, I'm easily manipulated, obviously. So I took it and ran with it. And then I realized really quickly, like, this is not a good idea. No, I think it's a, it's an attractive thing to do to say, focus on the positive. Mm-hmm. I think that we all look at that and we think, Ooh, that's like a cheat code, huh? Like mm-hmm. I can get, you tell me I can get through all this stuff if I just force positivity onto it yeah and like i think that we get hopeful when we buy into that Mm -hmm. but even the science shows that it's not helpful oftentimes it does the opposite Opposite. of what it's intended to do right it makes people feel shame i think in the moment and there are some times when you just need to suck it up and be positive about things oh i agree there is a time for that Mm -hmm. there is a time for that but it's not every time you have a problem it's not at times when you're facing these huge issues like let's say that you're you're a listener and you've got three kids and you've got a partner who is either in treatment or they're in active addiction and they are not helpful. Yeah. How is toxic positivity going to solve the problem that I am drowning over here? It's not, it's not going to, no, it's just not going to, we need help. Yeah. And, and we'll get to some of, of what that might look like mm-hmm. here in a bit, but I'd like to open it up with some, something positive here because for a long time in our relationship, it was very one-sided, mm-hmm. very one-sided. When I was in active addiction, I played sort of like the old school patriarchy role of a male figure yeah. where go to work, come home, drink beer as soon as you get home, uh, kick your feet up, kind of ask you how your day went and never really listening, never really 
like trying to understand what your struggles were. Mm -hmm. were. And I I mean, especially after our first was born. Yeah. When you went through postpartum depression really bad. Yeah. And I wasn't even able to recognize it. No. Because I was in my own stuff. Right. Like that is not an excuse for it. I'm just saying like. No, that's what's what's happening. I could not see it. This is reality. Because I was a mess. Yeah. Just an absolute mess. And how you must have been struggling back then. Mm -hmm. And what that was like. And, but what life looks like now. Mm-hmm. It now things are they're balanced, way balanced, they're equitable. We have conversations. You will let me know when you're struggling. Mm-hmm. I can also see now when you're struggling, and I'm there to lend a hand to pick up whatever you need me to do. It's right. like what can I do to be helpful? Right, and that's what a healthy marriage looks like with children. That's you know what we all strive for in our relationships. I just want to give people hope that you. It can get to that point eventually. Yeah. But. I do wish it would have happened sooner. <laughs> that's what I was going to say. <laughs> because in early recovery, you know, with when, with our second, um, you weren't, you still, you were more present than with our first, but you were still in your own world. It got progressively better, mm-hmm. but it didn't get better right away. No. And I think that this is a shock that many people find whenever someone gets out of treatment. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's, the answer is so clear to, to y'all. You're like, okay, I don't just need you to stop drinking. I need a supportive partner. I need help with the kids. I need help with the household duties. I need help emotionally. Like we're supposed to be a team here. Mm -hmm. And you're left with this person that is still very much trying to figure out how not to drink today. And they're nowhere near the point where they can worry about what's going on with you and Mm -hmm. be that supportive partner. Mm -hmm. Like I'm not, I'm not joking when I say that this takes years. Yeah. It is a long road. Yeah. Like when when we say like for us, like till the wheels fall off, like, man, you stuck with me and I stuck with you through thick and thin. Like mm-hmm. we figured it out together yeah. and it was not easy. No. And I don't want people to think that it was ever at any point easy. Right. It's easy now. Yes, it is. But it took a long time. Yeah. And it took hell to get there. Yeah. And, and had it been just a little bit worse, mm-hmm. we may not have made it. Yeah. There were times where I wasn't sure we would. Yep. I think you feel the same way. Oh, absolutely. So I'd like people to know that, that if, if, if that's the path you're taking, and I would say that get hopeful about that. If someone's doing the work Mm -hmm. and they're trying to achieve emotional sobriety, they're working toward being a better person, then that's worth investing in long-term. Yeah. And I would definitely suggest getting marriage counseling together if you can early on, because I think that's a big, big place to have somebody in the middle or even, you know, um, having somebody there to help you both talk to each other and communicate each other's needs. It's just, it's just helpful instead of having to do it at home. Because a lot of the times we've learned that partners are selfish in active addiction and they are taught to be selfish in recovery. So it's really hard to find that middle ground. You're right. We're taught that. You are. We're taught that. You're taught that. We're taught to be selfish in our recovery. Mm-hmm. And I understand that it's okay to be selfish by staying sober but you're still married you still made a choice to have a family with somebody it's yeah like we both you, wanted you, this. you still want yeah you you both chose this so being selfish about being sober is not acceptable i mean it's part of the process but it still needs to be sped up a little bit it's a necessary part of the process to understanding how to live life sober mm-hmm. in order to do that you have to focus on it because without that the family's not even possible so it does have to come first. However, <laughs> I would say that 
I would challenge people, and I challenge the people that I work with mm-hmm. way harder than I was ever challenged mm-hmm. or I've ever heard others being challenged to get involved in this process much sooner yeah. and to be intentional about it. Yes. And even if you don't want to, I don't care. You can call me and tell me you think it sucks. I don't care, but you don't get to say a damn word to her. Right. You guys need to work through this and you're going to have to do most of the heavy lifting. It's going to suck, but you're going to get there. Yeah. I think that if I could recreate what I did for other people on a much faster much faster pace, um, people would be happier quicker and yeah. we can get mothers out of this this state of drowning a lot faster too. Mm-hmm. So we're talking about at this point what life could look like when someone's working toward it. This beautiful balanced marriage, like everyone would love the ability to, to come to their partner and say, hey, I'm really struggling and I've been hiding it and I just need some help. And for the partner to go, well, why didn't you ask me sooner? I would love to help. I thought you didn't want me to help and I'm there for you. You just let me know. And then you divide up all the the duties and then you hug each other and everything is great. But that's just not the way it works in a lot of these relationships. Yeah. Because we're not dealing with stable people. Right. We're dealing with incredibly selfish people that can't take care of themselves, much less anyone else around them. Right. So what about them? Yeah. What do we do for them? What do you do if you're in that situation? Um, well, I think that a big reminder is to let you know that you don't have to do everything and everything doesn't have to be perfect. Tell me a bit about the, the judgment that comes from other moms Uh, and maybe your own mothers and the world about that. Well, I think our own mothers were around at a different time when the pressure wasn't so high because there wasn't social media back then to where people were seeing highlight reels and having perfect birthday parties and perfect meals and perfect everything, perfect homes. Um, They just had to take care of their kids. And I think it was easier for them. So when they see us, they're like, why don't you just handle it differently? Why don't you aren't being strong? You know, just take care of it. You're a mom. This is what you're supposed to do. Um, there's a lot more pressure on us these days because of social media. Can I ask a question as a dumb guy? Sure. Are women competitive? Yeah. Very, right? Yeah. Sometimes I see people post things like there was like our daughter sent us this link. And it's this woman who redoes her kids' bathroom and closets like every three months oh or something. Oh my gosh, it was like for holidays. She would redo she the, redid entire the entire bathroom. bathroom and she would restock things like special chapsticks and special lotions and special scents and made it like perfect for her kid. And I was like, what are we doing here? So I'm going to, okay, I'll give her the benefit of the doubt. Maybe she's just really into that stuff. Maybe she loves the decor. She enjoys that kind of stuff. Or is it also, could it be a flex on the other moms to show like, look what I did. And then it puts the pressure on everyone else to keep up. I mean, it could be, but I don't know. I'm not very, I'm just asking. I I don't don't know. know. You know me. I think like a man sometimes I don't really know. Yeah. It's easy for me with you. What do you mean? Because <laughs> you do. Like, yeah, you're very I do. I grew up things. with all boys. Like, yeah. I my my brain does not function like a lot of the women that I... It just seems like like with the elf on the shelf and just about everything, their mothers always seem to be chasing the next trend to keep up so they don't feel less than. And like, I'm sure yeah. that that alone has to be enough to drive you crazy sometimes. Absolutely. 
Like yeah. as if everything else isn't enough. Because then those kids go and they tell their kids and then the now other your kid, kid feels comes left home out. and they Who feel wants left out. Kid but for me, I'm like, I, I teach my kids like, okay, it, that's their parents. They do that. I'm not going to do that. I love you. It doesn't mean I love yeah, you any less. That ain't me. I, I make decisions every day not to overwhelm myself by making everything perfect. I don't make everything perfect. I don't do everything. I don't go boss to the wall. I used to have fun little birthday parties for the kids and stuff like that. But I got to a point where I was I like. I think you did two of those. You were like, mm, that's not worth it. I did. I was like, my, they That's don't a lot. care. They don't care. The kids don't care that you make a huge gourmet meal. They don't care about the fancy decorations at the birthday party. They don't care about all the time and effort you put into their invitations and all this and that. Like we keep things very simple in this house. We don't go ham because I know what it does to my mental health. And also I want my kids to have like simple things. It's not, that's not the things that are, it's going to make them happy. You know, it's being present. It's being in reality. It's being just with their parents that are present. Yeah. I think if it does anything, like you mentioned, you just alluded to, like it just sort of raises the bar. Raises the bar. And now every party has to be at that standard yeah. or it, it's no good. It was a failure. Right. And just so like you, we've you, talked about Christmases before. Yeah. So it's you sort of concept. create this this bar that you have to reach and anything mm-hmm. less is a failure. Mm-hmm. And it make, it's like you've created a standard now for yourself that is going to drive you crazy it's gonna yeah. be damn near it. And there might be people out there who love doing that stuff and that's awesome you know good for you like that could be like your outlet like, yeah some I, people I, just I love that that's form. great it might be a creative outlet but for me personally with the life that we have lived i've learned what i can handle and what i can't handle i learned how to be in survival mode you know and having to do things by myself and i didn't want to overwhelm myself as we got older i wanted to keep things very simple So that's the first thing you would suggest is just to remind people that not everything has to be perfect. Yeah. You don't have to do, um, you don't have to make sure your laundry's done all the time. You don't have to make sure the dishes are done all the time. Your house doesn't have to be in perfect shape. Um, it's, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. (laughs) Yeah, it is. It doesn't make you less than. It doesn't make you a bad mom. No. And not everyone has that, I would call it a luxury in some ways to worry about all those superficial things when you're just trying to survive. Like we talked about survival mode last episode. Like when you're in survival mode, you've got to shed all the dead weight. Like you've got to just, let's worry about the most important things right now. Mm -hmm. And it's okay. It's okay. Yeah. And there's also a lot of things like if your kids are old enough, give them things to do. Let them take the load off, you know, have them like my daughter for her birthday parties. I don't make her invitations anymore. She does them herself. Yeah. It's really cool. I'm like, I want you to do this for yourself because I know you're capable of doing it. Plus it builds up her self-esteem and it gives her a creative outlet. I'm not a control freak when it comes to that kind of thing. I want our kids to be able to do their own things if they're capable of doing that. Yeah, man, this is, this is tough and I feel like it's getting worse and worse. And, and I'm not sure if that's just the lens by which we view things because of the work we do yeah. or if this is really like more of a, it's a larger issue, mm-hmm. but it seems like I just see more and more of this every single day Yeah, and people sort of rebelling against like this, like perfect mom culture. Mm-hmm. I just, I just want to give everyone like the biggest hug who's in the middle of fighting for their marriage and their sanity and for you know, everything that you've dreamed of your whole life. And then you've got this to worry about as well. Like this pressure that's put on you and like just trying to survive. And if you have a partner who is not 
willing to help or not capable of helping. If you have family and friends ask for help, it's okay. And if they say no, respect them too, because they may not be capable of helping you, but it's okay to ask like your family. If, if, if you don't have anybody nearby, then set aside some expenses and hire a sitter to have somebody come by and watch your kids for about three hours so you can go get something done. Yeah. We had talked about this. It's like, okay, so let's put ourselves in like, let's call it for lack of a better term, like worst case scenario. So you've got, um, say a, an estranged partner, someone you're not with or haven't been with for some time because of their use Mm -hmm. and you're taking care of one, two, three, maybe more kids. Mm -hmm. How in the world do you find the time? And so Paige and I were kind of talking about, it's like, there's really not much. You just have to get creative and sort of get inside of it and figure out how can you create efficiencies from within. So let's say that you've got money budgeted for, I don't know, something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Let's just say it's nails. I don't know. Nails, are, it's not cheap, right? Right. Um, 120 bucks or something like that. Between 80 and 100. Depends on what you get. Depends on what you get. Yes. So let's say that you. I'm impressed. You know that. (laughs) I I remember Sydney telling me about this, (laughs) and I was like, "It costs what? Really? I didn't know." But it's about right. It's a lot of work. It's expensive. It's a lot of work. Yes, it is. Okay, so then let's take that money and say I'm I'm going to go without the nails for a little bit, and instead I'm going to do Instacart because Mm -hmm. Instacart's going to save me two hours at the store. Um, getting all these things yeah. instead I can sit here, read or exercise or do something during that time, Yeah, something or get a sitter. You could use that money. Like you mentioned mm-hmm. to get a sitter, get some help mm-hmm. for someone to come and watch the kids. So you can just get recharged. Like, like Celeste was talking about in this book, like I just need to get that 5% back. Yeah. Like 95% of the time I'm okay, but that 5%, it wears on you. Oh yeah. And you have to get a break. So how can you get a break whenever you don't have help? Yeah. Get creative about what you can do to free that time up. Yeah. And maybe that's not, maybe that's even not even possible for some people. Mm-hmm. It could be, it could be. And like, what do you do? Like, I wish I had better answers. Like Paige and I talked about one day, like having a nonprofit branch of this, of TUFO, where we would have a place for women to get away and heal in a safe environment with other women, mm-hmm. completely free, like yeah. privately funded or you know, funded by corporations. And they would pay for this yeah. and to get treatment, to get help, to get away from their environments. And and one day we'll make this a reality. Yep. So I don't know how fast that happens. I hope sooner than later, because I think that's- <laughs> We're like, on our way. Man, I would love to just say, come on down to the ranch. Yeah, and, yeah. And you know, heal there with us. But it's right. it's so freaking difficult. There's not a whole lot you can do when you have no help whatsoever, other than getting creative about your ins- the your finances and what can I do to hire some of this out? Yeah. What, what services exist that could make my life easier? Right. Laundry services exist. Yes. Meal services, mm-hmm. meal prep, mm-hmm. meal planning, things like that. Yeah. Groceries. Luckily, we live in a technology age where a lot of this stuff can be, I mean, you can farm it out. Yeah. A lot of it, but not all of it. Not right. all of it. Right. And it still sucks because you have a partner that you are, you know, married and y'all were supposed to have, you know, partnership to where someone would be there to help you through this stuff. And I've, I've heard from a lot of people and I even experienced this myself is that it was really it's really difficult to have a partner who's present in the home who is not doing anything and you're having to do everything and take on all the load. It's like having an extra kid that's just sitting. Oh, you mean like present 
Like, like they're there they're physically, there physically but not, but not right. they're not there they're you know they're in active addiction or even early recovery they're gone all the time why don't you just say my name and just stop <laughs> <laughs> what you yeah. say that it's you okay I feel but it sane. was well it was easier it was easier whenever yeah. I, I i it would annoy me that you would be sitting at home doing whatever the hell you wanted to do and i'm over here trying to do all this other stuff i'm like what's going on here i need a partner yeah and then in early recovery you were gone all the time and it was it was kind of easier when you were gone for me to take care of the house, even though it sucked that you were gone. But it was easier. And it made me realize that I'm capable of doing the stuff by myself. And I think that's huge because I think a lot of the people who are, who listen, if you just look at it and say, I can do all these things by myself, that's, that's huge. That's a strong, you don't want to do it by yourself, but you're capable of doing it by yourself. And that can empower you just a little bit to know that it's okay and that you still have some support around you. This reminds me of our episode we did on what's going on with men. Yeah. Um, that feminist author that said that today women need men like fish need bicycles. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because, yeah, you're right. If it's something that you're more comfortable doing on your own, it's like, what are we here for? Mm-hmm. And that's that's been my, my big driver when I talk to, when I get the chance to talk to men in recovery is... We've got a lot of work to do. We've got a lot of ground to make up. Mm-hmm. We've got a lot of growing up to do. Yeah. Like I was a late bloomer when it came to maturity. And man, I wish I'd have figured it out sooner. I wish I had someone smack me upside the head and tell me what I was supposed to be doing. Yeah. I'm not making the excuse, but a lot of us aren't taught these things. Um, and I know that you've alluded to this before, which is like there is there something behind the way that men of a certain age were parented mm-hmm. and the way that they were brought up that has led into some of this? Yes. And I think that there is a component of that for sure. Agreed. I know addiction can't be blamed for all of it. No. There's certainly some of that too. Mm-hmm. So we've got some, we've got some hard wiring we need to fix. Mm-hmm. And like we talked about, I was like, you know, I should just make a course. Um, and I'd, I'd even give it out for free to teach men how to like, be better, like how to be better men in recovery. <laughs> but we started laughing because it was like, nobody would watch it. Right. <laughs> no right. one. No one was going to get that at all. I was like, Paige, we could, we could just put it out there, but like, but no one's going to watch it. They're just going to, women are just going to email it to these guys. They're going to be like, who is this idiot? I'm and then the guy is going to call you a bitch. Oh, that guy. Yeah. Someone, <laughs> oh man, I get called names on TikTok a lot. No, we both get some uh, heat on there, but that guy called you a bitch and it kind of upset me because I'm like, that is not okay. I just laughed at it. I'm it's, like, oh, I bet you're fun to be around. I mean, my gosh. Yeah, God yeah, forbid. Someone listens to their wife and asks how they can be helpful. Then, And it's not even about being helpful. <laughs> like when every time we talk about help on here, like we get a lot of shit because the people are like, well, your partner's not supposed to help you. They're supposed to just do it. And I think, I hope that the context makes sense where it's like, well, they're not doing anything. So yeah, we need help. Moms need help. Moms need help. It's not a bad thing to say that. No, it's not. If they're not getting it. Yeah, of course you should step up and do it. Should, shouldn't, you know, we don't use that word much, but you're not. So yes, we need help. And moms shouldn't feel like they can't share that it sucks Mm -hmm. without being shamed for it. Yeah. So if you don't have a safe space to do that, our community is perfect for that. For sure. And I, 
I wish we had like more solutions on this, you know, like it's really, it's just such a hard place to be in. Yeah. But I do feel like if you are struggling with this, go into our community and talk to others because I know there are plenty of people in there struggling with the same thing right now. You know, I, I can only go back a, just a certain amount of time and I, sometimes it's harder to go back there to when, when it was. Um, but like I said, I'd rather be sped up. I don't want everyone to have to do exactly what I did to get through it. I would like for there to be better solutions. Same, same. And like, I've racked my brain on this forever. And then I sort of go back to like this overarching problem. Like how do you help single mothers? And then it's like, man, I'm not going to figure this out if the smartest minds in the world haven't figured it out. I know that there are resources available. Mm-hmm. Um, in Celeste's book, it's not about the wine. She talks about some of those, mm-hmm. about some like public money that's out there with resources to help help people. But we're talking about relationships where you've essentially got an absent partner. Yes. And so like f- for for us, it worked out. When I did the work, you extended patience when you didn't have to. Mm-hmm. And we communicated. We, we sought therapy. And it was not easy, but man, we finally did craft the relationship that we always wanted. Mm-hmm. And I think that at this point, like we're both happy in our relationship. Absolutely. Like I, everyone's got their gripes and whines about certain things, but ours are so trivial. Yeah. And I mean, we're talking about little tiny stuff, mm-hmm. like the little throat noise you make, like that's <laughs> a, that, stuff like that, you know, like that's it. <laughs> are we going to go through this? You sticking your gum everywhere. Oh yeah. There's someone on the desk over here. Sorry about that. Yeah. But. Yeah, stupid stuff, right? I don't even get... But like real fundamental issues in our relationship, we don't have those anymore. So it can get better. Like I, And if you get hope from us because of that, that's beautiful. Mm -hmm. I just, I want... In my my newsletter this week is going to talk about hope a bit. I've always been reluctant to give people hope. Yeah. Because hope can be a beautiful thing, Mm -hmm. but hope can be such a dangerous Dangerous thing thing. sometimes too. Yeah. Because it can keep you in denial. Sort of along the lines of this, right. Like sort of along the lines of this toxic positivity movement. Where... You can get so hopeful betting on the wrong horse for too long. Mm -hmm. And one day you wake up and it's been 30 years and you go, oh my God, Mm -hmm. what have I been doing? I've been waiting for what now? Like it was never going to happen. This guy has no interest in getting better and I've been sitting around waiting. And why did I do that? Because you had hope and hope's a beautiful thing. Yeah, it is like hope is what gets people through some of the darkest times of their lives. Mm -hmm. But Apply it the wrong way and hope can be really, really dangerous too. Yep. So if you're not already subscribed to the newsletter, um, check it out this week. Yeah. Should be out by the time this comes out. Yeah, it does. It'll come out Wednesday morning, right when this comes out. Mm -hmm. So yeah, but it's, it's tricky, but I do, I would like to give people some sort of hope that if you're in a relationship and you're with someone who is doing the work, who's doing the work, I will always caveat it with that. Someone who's doing the work, who's committed to being better today than they were yesterday, then things are going to get beautiful. Mm -hmm. They will. Mm -hmm. Doesn't mean you won't have rough spots. Doesn't mean you won't have some setbacks. Doesn't mean that it's going to be linear. You know, Mm -hmm. it's not just going to get better one day and never stop getting better. It will get better and then it'll suck really bad. And then at some point it'll feel like, what's the point? And then if you hang on and they're still doing the work, then things get better. Yeah. They get so much better, Mm -hmm. like better than you ever dreamed they could get. Yeah. Takes a hell of a lot of effort though on both parts. Like, I know that for you anyway, like being a mom with two little kids, with a partner in recovery, who's spending all their time in treatment and the uncertainty around, do I stay sober? Do I not? All that. And having to focus on yourself and shift your focus to yourself like you, like you were so good about doing, like it's enough to drive you absolutely insane. Mm-hmm. 
It it's really hard. is. It's very hard. There's no easier way to put it. But it's yeah. just hard. It's okay to say it sucks. It's hard. Yeah. So if you're struggling and you're in this, we see you and we know and we understand it's and it's okay to say it sucks. It, it is. And it and you will get through it though. You will. Especially if you've got really little ones. It's I always tell everyone the first five years of kids is a blur. Yeah. Anyway. I, man, I like, think I, I I don't know for sure, but I've talked to enough people that I think I can make this this judgment call here that even if you have a perfectly healthy marriage, life with <laughs> zero to five year olds is awful. Yeah. Yeah. It's just it's hard. Tough. It's like tough. Your marriage suffers. Everything suffers. It's just, a, it's, it's a huge it's transition. A time. It's yeah. a huge transition because your life literally changes when you have kids. It'll always be, it'll never be the same as it was before. Yeah. Anytime I work with a couple and they're, you know, they've got little kids. Like I always tell them like, let's not, let's not hone in too hard on that problem right now. Like you've got little kids, Mm -hmm. your lives are crazy as it is. Mm -hmm. This, I feel feel like this one's going to work itself out. Let's not focus too hard here. Yeah. And it usually does. Yeah. It usually does. Yeah. But little kids can be so stressful sometimes, man. Yeah. Okay. I think that's all we've got for this week. I think short and sweet. Yeah. Um, I think we covered it all. I know. Look at us. We're like, wait, is there something that we're missing? Well, what's happened before is we'll go to stop the recording. We're like, oh my God, we forgot all that. We said this last week too. Anyway, I think we've got it all. Yeah. Okay. So YouTube, are we caught up on YouTube? Yeah. We are? They're all up there? I think there's one episode I've missed. Okay. If you haven't checked out our YouTube, we're trying to push YouTube a little harder in 24. Um, Subscribe to the YouTube, leave a comment, share it with somebody you might think would be interested in it, and we will get better at YouTubing, I promise you. <laughs> yeah, we've been doing a lot of other things. Cameras, <laughs> editing the whole the bit. I want to make it doing. more enjoyable to watch. I want to make more short form content that's fun and relatable to watch. So it's not just two people talking. But some people do like watching podcasts. Yeah. I actually started watching podcasts. They're interesting, but yeah. I like when they're filmed right. Yeah, you're you're very anal about that. Man, I want a three camera setup. With yeah, he wants all these fancy sliders, stuff, which is great. And I love that. I want it too. I that's just. Your area. Okay. We'll, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. So, but please subscribe if you're not already and check us out there. All right. I think that's all we got. So until next time, I am Matt. I am Paige. And we'll see you. Bye.